Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Recently, there's been a few conversations about me being weird at work. I'm shocked as much as anybody. Apparently, I'm odd. I had no idea. We've got a lot of conversations on here about that. I know, exactly. I might have have discussed it on here as well, so if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but I took a quote about a description of the Muppets, which was benign mayhem, and I feel like that describes me and my sense of humor fairly well. Like, I don't really want to hurt anybody, but I'm a little bit out of my fucking mind on on a fun, weird little level. Not on, like, a scary, gonna-pull-a-kitchen-knife level, but on, like, a, you know, might, you know, sprinkle you with glitter just so that you have to deal with it for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Just something strange like that. Well, and that's kind of where I am too. Like, you know, everyone listens to this and you guys who know me, like I'm very uh, sarcastic and mm-hmm. kind of have abiding sense of humor, but it's never meant to actually be mean and put and put someone down. And I've had a couple times where I said something that really, really hurts someone and I'm like, oh shit, I am so sorry. That was, mm-hmm. I that was never my intent. I'm sorry I did that, you know? And so, but I, I get that where like, you're really just trying, like I said, benign mayhem where you're just trying to poke fun, have a good time. Yeah. And then every now and then if it goes too far, you just, you feel like an asshole. Yeah. In D&D terms, I'm, I'm sort of chaotic good i'm chaotic neutral i'm some just chaotic chaotic but you know, yeah um as people who have ever played um the game ticket to ride with me know if it looks like i'm gonna start to lose i just start getting in the way like i just operation mayhem i just start building trains in weird fucking places just because i'm like oh look they're trying to build something here let me stop that from happening um so yeah pretty i may not win but you'll lose yeah speaking of weird things and not knowing how people will take them as i was walking out today stop to feed some turtles because we do that we actually like you do yeah because i can at my work so there's some turtles at the pond and I walk up to them and I took a picture of it because there was two turtles that were either cuddling or fucking or post-coital I'm not sure which and then another one slowly behind him watching with their head cocked to one angle so nice. for some reason it made me think of Adam I don't know why and I was going to text you but I didn't have the words to describe why I thought it, like you would find it amusing um, I mean it was essentially See, those are like, the best ones so then I'm like what the fuck am I looking at three turtles and two of them are fucking yeah it, it was like turtle cuckold it was like weird I don't know it was uh, the one in the back was jerking off with his uh, his little leg you couldn't see. Maybe. I mean, he was he was lying on something weird. We assumed that it was like, you know, dead leaves or something like that, but we couldn't quite figure it out. But it was very strange. There's a very, very tiny turtle underneath him that he was fucking. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so Adam's going to get a picture of turtle fucking. Um, see, now I'm wishing we did actually have, uh, you know, names to these episodes, because then we could call this episode Turtle Fucking, which would be completely inappropriate for as squeaky clean as this book is. That would be turtle loving, because iTunes would get upset with you. Oh, that's true. Uh, turtle loving had me a blast. Um, that was my... That. I can't sing. So, I, just, I, I, got the, I got the picture you sent. Yes. And yeah, the, the two ones in the front, they are fucking or something. Yeah. And the, and the one in the back, all his legs are pulled in, so he's definitely jerking off. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we got that solved. I, I appreciate it. I was very concerned. Uh, with that being said, we'll see how much that <laughs> stayed in. Uh, that's always like, um, I've noticed this on an editing, that's always a marker of like, if I was like, how much that stayed in, it, it means that we had a very amusing conversation amongst ourselves, but probably not appropriate for human consumption, even on this show. Uh, 90% of the time. But, uh, welcome to episode 199 our last episodes we start with a number one which is pretty awesome we're gonna be long dead by then so don't contradict no you're probably right uh i mean who knows we, we might I, I i would have to do the math as to how, where we would get to a thousand episodes maybe if we start doing like 40 years oh valid point okay if it took us four years to get to well no 20 years four years to get to 200 we would need to do another 15 and a half years. five times as long 20 years or 16 more years 15.3 years 
1988. Yeah. We'd be some old fuck. We really would be. It'd be fun. We are old now. Hate to break it to you. Valid. Um, I was going somewhere with this. Oh, so we are, uh, we're doing our female anti-hero month. And literally this book is called Anti-Hero. It's as if we planned this shit. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, if it's still in the episode, if it's not, whatever. Uh, Lana can make it this week. She is visiting family, um, you know, in her pod, in her, you know, healthy, safe, uh, COVID way. Uh, but we are joined by two fine, upstanding gentlemen, both representatives of the great state of Utah. We have Mr. Adam and Mr. Todd. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, hello. Um, and then I am here in California. I'm Brian. Mr. Adam, uh, let's well, actually here. We'll start out with this book. Basically, this book is, I think Adam was surprised by this. I don't know if Todd knew this before, uh, before we started reading this. This is actually a DC book. Uh, like DC. I was surprised. You were surprised? Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's part of their, like, young, like, there's a thing in the back. I don't know if you read the bios of the uh, writers, but they called it, like, middle grade or younger grade. Like, it's sort of be, like, it's an intended audience is, like, middle school, like, junior high. Yeah, it's very much like a, you know, cut your teeth on YA push. Sure. Yeah, but it's almost a little bit younger than YA, because, like, YA sometimes is, like, high school-ish, I think, is partially the intention. I don't know. It's one of those weird things where I felt like when I was a kid, everything that was aimed at me as a kid was actually, like, sort of set a little bit older, as if it was aspirational. Like, when I get to high school, I'm going to be able to be Zach Morris. You know what I mean? Because, like, when I actually was in high school, I didn't watch Save by the Bell. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, when I was in Zach Morris is trash. So. He is trash. Also, one of my favorite things in the world. I love Zach Morris. Trash. Um, but uh, so yeah, so this is about two girls in middle school, high school, hard to tell. Yeah, really. Um, one of them is super strong. One of them is super smart. Uh, they end up basically doing a um, Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. Yeah. yeah, they they swap they swap bodies. They become you know back and forth a couple times. There's villains involved. They become more um, understanding, considered about the other person's plight. Become very good friends, and then become uh, uh, basically by the end of it, they become their own uh, superhero team. Uh, and uh, that, I mean that's I pretty much giving the entire plot. You're welcome. Uh, there's more to it, and we'll discuss that, I'm sure. But Adam does oh, have oh. a lovely cocktail uh, for us this week, Mr. Adam. Yeah, and also a fun thing, too, if you go to our website, funnybooksandfirewater.com, uh, we're kind of starting a new thing. This was Brian's idea. I'm just putting together some thoughts as far as like how I came up with the drink, what research I did, uh, and I think it's kind of fun. So you'll yeah, learn I mean, there's a backstory. The idea was is like you find a recipe online, and someone tells you their entire life story leading up to the point in time where they finally make lasagna. We're doing a significantly scaled-down version of that. In fact, I told Adam, maybe a paragraph, maybe two, and he did an amazing job, though. I'm excited. Those will be starting to be posted on our website, www.funnybooksandfirewater.com. Uh, Todd, you're not off the hook. I have a plan for something I'm going to make you do maybe in the future. So, anyway, we'll discuss that later. Yes, yeah. you. Uh, so, Mr. Adam, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. So, this week, uh, it's called the Switcheroo, and what you do is you take a ice-filled uh, shaker, you add two ounces of coconut rum, a half ounce of cinnamon schnapps, half ounce of cream of coconut, a half ounce of a white chocolate liqueur, one ounce of heavy cream, one teaspoon of powdered sugar. You're going to shake the shit out of that. Uh, strain it into a chilled glass, and then you're going to garnish with shaved coconut and maybe some extra cinnamon. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a drink for an 18-year-old co-ed to have at a party. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I got it wrong. You, uh, you, The cocktail glass is rimmed with a coconut, not sprinkled on top, but just the cinnamon on top. So. If Starbucks made <laughs> party drinks, that's what Starbucks would make. I mean, that's what Starbucks should do. Like They have that space. They're not using it all night. They should switch over. Isn't No, they there's should. some Starbucks that sell beer now, don't they? Yeah. Mm, yeah. A bit. Yeah, I know they don't do like they don't do cocktails, but I know I heard that there's some that are doing like the. Well, the funny thing is, the first time I heard about so. them was them trying to get liquor licenses in the state of Utah. I live in California, where liquor licenses are a plenty, and I haven't seen one yet. Just different competition model too, right? Very true, actually. Yes, that's very very true. Um, so anyway, uh, Todd, do you have a drinking game rule for this week? It's called the Lindsay Lohan. Okay. Every time they switch bodies, you need to drink an absurd amount of whatever you have in hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it actually doesn't happen that much until the end of the book. And then you're fucked. Yeah. At least we get through most She was cute. Things are going well. And then it didn't. 
Yeah. The Lindsay and, Lohan. And she was in Freaky Friday. So it ties together earlier as well. Did there you, you attend that? Yes. Okay. Just making you, you, Your eyes perked up as if you were surprised. So I thought maybe I had enlightened you or something like that. Um, no, I didn't surprise you with anything. Uh, okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, so mine is, wait, 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 who am I again? So every time they're in the different bodies and they keep on messing up and saying the wrong thing because they forget they're in the different body. Okay. Uh, mine is 45. Every time a snack food that reminds you of our former president appears, aka orange chips or cheddar cheese chips or whatever they are. Every time a bag of those appears or is mentioned, take a drink. And I'm kind of yeah. surprised I am the only one to spot that. I spotted so, it. I thought it was, I thought it was someone, I thought someone else would have already gotten it. That's why yeah, I, I kind <laughs> of, I kind of was surprised that no one else took it either, to be honest. I did see a funny joke that says, um, weather report says for January 20th, you should wear a coat because it's going to be minus 45. Oh, wow. That's a dad joke if I've ever heard one right no, there. No, the, the best one I, I saw because having worked retail for as long as I have was Biden walking into the White House going like, who the fuck closed last night? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't work retail, but I've had those same complaints at my work. I, I think we all have, no matter where you yeah. work. But that's a that's a very very common to walk in the morning. And be like, yeah, what happened last night. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I, I had some weird ones uh, as a lifeguard too. That that happened a couple times. It was very strange. Uh, mm-hmm. The weirdest one. This goes into a strange ghost story, and I won't go into the full details. Was where I closed the night before, and this pool I worked at was notoriously haunted. In fact, when you trained at this pool, they warned you that it was haunted. And I closed that night and cleaned up the entire pool, put all the kickboards back so it swim lessons, like a later swim lessons, and then we closed. I came back in the next morning and shit was spread fucking everywhere and i was the last one out at night and the first one back in at 5 a.m the next morning and i knew that i'd put everything away and i was just like what the fuck happened so i was the fucker who closed last night and apparently the ghost decided to fuck with me so uh so mr todd what uh are your thoughts i keep going to you because you keep taking a drink and i just i'm kind of fucking with you just a little bit because every time you put a drink i'm like <laughs> i am drinking tonight the ardbeg oogadal say that five times fast huh say that five times fast that 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 ardbeg oogadal ardbeg oogadal ardbeg oogadal i'm done you say it that way, it starts to sound like, you know, a new actor from, you know, like the, the like, oh yeah, that's the guy who stars in, you know, Mr. Robot 2. Mr. Robot 2. I don't know. I just, it seems like, I, I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's the Rami Malek or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just makes me yeah, want to do like the German The bags under my eyes aren't that bad. <laughs> I find him oddly attractive and I can't figure out why. I kind of get it though, because I've been, like, I, I mean, I've been marathoning um, uh, Mr. Robot since I finished my master's. I kind of uh-huh. get it. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, I think there may be a talent thing to it. I think there may be a quiet reservedness to it. I don't know. There's, But I get it. I totally get it. What was really funny, actually, is the first time I ever saw him was there's a game on the PS4 and Xbox called Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of like the tropey, you know, horny teenagers go to a cabin in the woods and basically mm-hmm. have to survive to the end of the night. But it's one of those cool ones where every decision you make changes the game. So yeah. the main characters could die. You don't know who's going to live till the next morning. Mm-hmm. And they did mocap, and he was one of the characters they mocapped. And the other one was um, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the first season, the agent who turned bad. Agent never watched it. I didn't finish Agent, the first season. Agent Grant, he was the other person. But I remember I was watching Mr. Robot. Oh, I know I the like, guy you're talking about. I know the guy you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck? Like, I've seen this guy before. And then yeah. I was like, oh shit, it's what's his fuck from uh, Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So, which is free on PlayStation Plus if you have that. So oh, check cool. it out. It's fun. No PlayStation in this house. It's on Xbox, too. I think it's on Xbox Old, actually. Or Xbox uh, Game Pass. Game Pass. Yeah. Or the sequel, Man of Madame, which is much better because it's the same idea, but you can play two players where, like, I'm in my room and you're in yours. And then uh-huh. we're playing the same level at the same time in different places. And then what I do affects what happens to you. So, like, let's say I don't. Let's say there's a guy chasing after me, and I just knock him out. I don't kill him. Then that means when you find him, he's not dead. He can come after you again. Oh, interesting. Gross. It's fun. You should try it. Okay, Mr. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We're doing a 
show about comic, comic books, so we would like to hear about what you think about comic books. This one in particular. I am not the target demographic for this book. No, that's fair. I don't think any of us are, but it doesn't mean we can't have an opinion on it. No, that's true. It's, it was fine, is really my opinion about this book. I mean, as it goes back and forth, I mean, the writer, the art was very consistent, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. <laughs> I feel a participation on. trophy coming on on this one. Like, that's just... What? You know, I just feel a participation trophy. I'm like, oh, look at what you did. <laughs> look at that there. <laughs> that's very like, consistent. That's like the sort of thing of, like, when your friend invites you to go to see one of their shows, because, like, it's just a consistent thing. Like, you go visit someone's show. Like, either a concert or, like, a... a oh, definitely, like, a band, yeah. Yeah, or like, a band. You go, man, what a show. Like, you're not saying it was good. You're not saying it's bad. You're just like, man, what a show. Like, that, what a show. Like, that, and that doesn't... You guys watch 30 Rock? 30 Rock? Yes. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but yeah. Oh, there is Liz Lemon and friends with the other girl. Liz would always go to her shows and always oh, yeah. they were terrible. She was like, oh, your programs are awesome. I loved your hair. Oh, wasn't that lighting great? Yeah. <laughs> now, with that, this wasn't necessarily that, but it was, um, I wasn't that interested. It's, um, once I figured out it was the Friday the 13th trope again, I'm like, well, that's cute, I guess, but it's... Friday the 13th? I, I you read a very different book than I did. <laughs> Friday the 13th? I think you think of Freaky read... Friday. <laughs> Freaky Friday. I mean, yeah, that's right, a way uh, different book than I had. So that is a very different book, but Freaky Friday, and it's it was there. I mean, is this DC just trying to throw a whole bunch of stuff in the YA market and see what sticks? This feels like one of those things that to see what sticks to me. Um, I, here's the thing. I for what I do like, yeah. Batman was in like three pages because you can't have a DC book without Batman. Apparently, unfortunately, especially not a YA because I mean, if you look at Gotham Academy and you know a bunch of other stuff, you have these things and some things are done better than others, but it's there and it didn't. Um, so DC put it out and they were giving it a go and you know, there's some elements of it and there was a touch of Batman, but at the same time it was um, I didn't care. Yeah, I get it. I think on that, I did a an assignment on DC Comics for, for school, um, for grad school. Mm-hmm. Like I was basically sort of doing the analytics of their market and things like that. I I still want to see what's going on in their market department because I don't understand how they're not bigger than Marvel. It doesn't quite compute in my head, but that's a totally different issue. Um, sure. But, but what I think it is, is I think there is I think they did identify a portion of the market that was underrepresented. I think they were trying to future-proof their brand by bringing in younger readers um, of comic books and I think trying to maybe uh, get themselves into... manga is killing them. Well, there's that, and it's also like, if you write something that's relatively family-friendly, you can get yourself into schools and help build Mm -hmm. from that as well. You know what I mean? And so I think think it's a great idea to future-proof your brand, get people interested in the world and stuff like that. The problem I have with this in particular is I felt like they did not tread any new ground. There was nothing or no moral to this story that I have not seen in 10,000 other stories for, for young audiences. Like, this is sort of standard, like, right. you know, look at, uh, not everyone has it the same, and everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and, and respect for each other. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad message. I'm just saying it's a message that I, as a kid, heard five million times. I got to imagine kids nowadays hear it five million times. And so it was like, did this story need to be told? Like, I think the so concept's interesting. To read? Yeah, yeah. Why should I read this? Yeah. I'm not sure I, I have an answer. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think the best answer I can give is like it's it's a demographic thing. Like I think you're right though, because like I read this and I thought, oh my niece might really dig this. I could send this to her for Christmas, you know what I mean, or whatever. And I think it would, she would probably dig it. Okay, you know what I mean. But like I also feel like it's 
one of those things where at, maybe this is my perspective and I'd be very interested in yours um, is that I felt like when there's a certain age range and it's about that YA portion where stuff aimed at you can seem condescending and what you really want mm-hmm. is the real thing. So like if I was going to be reading comic books and I was in junior high or definitely high school but like if I was in junior high and interested in, hi- in comic books I would want to read the actual stories not a YA novel aimed at me. You know what I mean? Now especially because like your reading comprehension should be to the point in time where you can handle most comics. You know what I mean? Not necessarily storylines sure. by Jonathan Jonathan Hickman because fuck that guy. Um, right. But you know. You know like, Adam? <laughs> I like Hickman so leave me alone. <laughs> I like doing homework so I can enjoy my hobbies. <laughs> and, okay. It's, it's not a problem of the homework. It's a problem of the attitude of the writer. I have the never read anything. Yes. It's the potential. The I've never read a author who I felt hated me so much for reading their work. What about Neonomicon? I mean I hated that book and I hated everything that uh, <laughs> like, what about Boba Bo? <laughs> Now, here's I will chalk it up to cultural differences. New X-Men run started off with House of X and Powers of Ten, mm-hmm. but they were both represented with an X. And, oh, you just don't know. It's Powers of Ten and not Powers of X. Yeah. It tells you everything about him. Well, that's the, and we talked about this before. It's the same thing with the iPhone X. Oh, it's the iPhone t- uh, It's the iPhone. Well, it's 10. not even No, it's that. the iPhone X. Because he actually, in the same thing, refers to it as X at one point and then Ten at another point from an official standpoint, using the same symbol. It's it's even worse than that. See, I haven't read it, and that's why um, it's kind of funny because uh, you know our good friend Maya, he went and actually got like the big, nice trade. He found it on sale somewhere for a really good price, and he was super excited for House of X, Powers of X, and then what's? Isn't there a third one, like Universe of X? Or oh, he's got like fifty of them now. Talk about Marvel publishing a crap ton of weird stuff right now. Yeah, uh, there's he, like he 50 just Marvel books. He said it was like it, it was the first two, or it was the first two plus a third one. He loved it. He's so excited. Every so often, uh, we'll we'll do like game night we, we stay apart you know we're across the table and stuff but um he's like so excited for me to read this like i think he wants to come over and like have me sit and read it in front of him while he sits there like with his hands together like going so, i don't know I'll, I'll, i did we'll that with brian with brian did let me rephrase that brian did that with me with the boys oh did i you did so i remember that i stayed at your place it was, it was well, like two or three volumes were out at that point so you know that's that way that okay. today, yeah but yeah i was like all right i'm in so See, for me i did this with two things i like anytime I show someone Star Wars for the first time. I'm just sitting there like a little kid, like in a candy shop, so excited. And I did it with Clark with uh, The Wicked and the Divine. Mm. So I was like, mm. hey, you should read this. This is a great comic. And he honestly isn't into comics. It's not his thing, and that's fine. Sure. And like he read like the first couple of issues and he put it down. I was like, how'd you, I was like, how'd you like it? How'd you like it? He's like, it was it was pretty good. And I was like crestfallen. I was like, oh, this is like one of my favorite things. You ever. do not deserve <laughs> this. Good for you. On a positive note, I have turned Ellen into a big old comic book nerd. I signed, I gave her access to my uh, DC Universe account yesterday. And she yeah. was so fucking such like I can read all the Catwoman I want. I'm like, yes, you can, and more so. Like she was, she goes through like they have storylines, they have they have an encyclopedia. Like she was so excited. I was like, great. I am glad you're going to enjoy my DC account. It's gonna well, be great. Let her know too if she ever wants to have my Comicsology account. She can log in. It's just my login is the same as my Amazon account. So please don't go order shit on Amazon. Um, I sad. have uh, a um, I have a Comicsology account as well. I just um, I just the only one I don't have is was it the, I, I stopped paying for the Marvel one because I wasn't using it. I, I used to. DC Universe and use the, the Comicsology, but I just don't use the Marvel one, so okay. I just stop paying for it. I have, I have stuff on there I bought for the podcast that yep. wasn't on uh, Unlimited, so if she ever wants to, she's always, the same thing with my Voodoo account. If you want it, you can have it, though. Sure. The um, the Ed Brubaker Catwoman's very good. I'll have to check that out. Well, anything yeah. he does is pretty much good, so that's... Yeah, I've been reading... Um, I just read uh, Reckless, uh, his newest uh-huh. graphic novel that he did, um, and then I'm currently reading Cruel Summer as well. So. Him and uh, Scott... How are they? Uh, uh, Reckless I really, really enjoyed, and then they actually mentioned that it's actually going to be like at least a three-parter. Um, 
Um, so they apparently it was one of those things, those ideas that he said, oh yeah, we thought about this and during quarantine and we just put it out and we're like, well, we got two more to go, so we're just going to announce it now. We, we're we're going to do at least more with this character. Um, sort of similar to his character of Lawless uh, that appears in the mm-hmm. criminal books. Uh, I think they're doing something similar with Guy Reckless. Um, and then Cruel Summer, I started, I was enjoying it, um, and it was late. I went to bed and I haven't quite finished yet. But anyway, where were we? We went, that was a fucking tangent and a half. Uh, well, it's because we talked about this book that we don't know why I should suggest this. And you're like, oh, that was back someone to my point. would like it in the demographic, I guess. Well, that was my point is that like, the only reason I really see, ang- aim, my, I guess my personal opinion, the only time I really see aiming comics at a younger generation is because of reading level capability. Um, you know what I mean? Sure. So like my, well, you know, my, my nephew wrong. who's like under eight, I bought him some, you know, very specifically aimed at his, his age. But like my niece who's like 13 now with, you know, excluding content issues, I would probably buy her something that was just a regular comic. You know what I mean? But like right. issues would be, you know, rating wise. But yeah, anyway. But what's interesting to watch, I mean, you don't need a, comics are already so, um, what's the word? Judicious isn't the right word, but it's close. It's there, there, there's such a uh, conservation of wording, even yes. including yes. Michael Bendis. I was Brian just going Michael there. I'm like, nope. <laughs> We're reading them next <laughs> week, so be prepared. But the medium of comics has a conservation of words to begin with. Yes. And so they um, use fewer words and express more ideas drawn on the page. Yeah. So comprehension has actually been proven. You can read a comic at a much higher reading level than if it was just words alone. Because there's other context clues to shit. That's right. Yeah. And you take someone like Hemingway, that never had big sentence, long sentences or complexity mm-hmm. things. And well, he was drunk at time, so. Yeah. So the challenge with Hemingway is, you know, and his whole thing is you show 10% of the iceberg the above the surface and 90% is subtext, everything underneath. Yeah. And he did that well, and few people do it as well as Hemingway did. But he is the shining example of, I'm saying a little bit, but there's so much underneath backing it up. And there was nothing really underneath this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, like yeah. it, 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 I, it's an assignment. I don't even necessarily know. It's an assignment. I, I, I think that I think there probably was a genuine want to try and get people. Well, maybe it was an assignment because everyone else had other projects. I don't know. Maybe you're right. But playing devil's advocate, I think I think the general goal was to uh, get young readers in on it. You know what I mean? Sure. And by all means, I mean everyone here working for DC is work for hire. Everything's an assignment. You might mm-hmm. really want the assignment. Yeah. But it's all an assignment. It's not your or it's um. It's not creator owned. It's not your baby. It's not something you invented. But the most you have for a little while then you move on yeah some and yeah i mean i've never written a comic so i can't i don't want to do that too much but it's um yeah i'm just maybe it's my headspace i i here's the thing is i i thought it was fun i thought it was okay i thought it was cute i didn't think it said anything unique and that was where my bigger thing was i just didn't on this on the on the side of what did it have to say on a deeper level i just didn't see it i didn't see if it was saying anything sure. unique that hasn't been said a dozen and a half times before in a bunch of other medium you know aimed at the same demographic and probably better done. But, Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? I was going to say, because I haven't really talked about this yet. So, I, I, I agree with some things, and I disagree with some things. So, okay. uh, mm-hmm. Todd, you very much hit it on the head that we are not the target demographic for this book. We are not yeah. the ones, not only just because we're all middle-aged men, uh, but also because of the fact that, you know, we can, I will say we do this professionally. Like, we are here, we read these comics, and we have read enough of them, not just for the show, but just in our lives, to where we can, so I can guarantee you we all started reading this book, and within 10 pages, knew every single 
single step of where it was going to go. There yeah. was no surprises. It wasn't like, it wasn't, nothing happened. The only thing that happened for me I wasn't expecting was the trade bodies. And I didn't mm-hmm. know it was DC. So when Batman, it was East Gotham in the first page, I'm like, oh, it's DC. That's not like uh, And it's also the same thing with me as being a film critic. It's like, you know, the people go to theaters and they love Transformers, which is a piece of shit. Well, the first one's fun. Uh, but that was because I was seeing at the time 100 to 150 movies a year. So everything that's brand new to you who see five movies a year, I've seen literally 10 times in the last month. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that are made for certain audiences that obviously I'm not going to like that you might like. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, my job is to say yes, this good and yes is bad. Uh, so yes, we are not the target audience for this at all. Uh, what I will say, though, is that I wouldn't even say this is written for teen or tween girls. I think this is written for the 8-10 year old reign of girls mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, you know, it, you know, you can you can talk about male geeks being incels or this and that, blah, blah, blah. But if you honestly think about it, how many times do you go to a comic book store and you really see very engaged female customers who aren't, who are engaged. They're not there with their boyfriend while the boyfriend looks for Venom or Spider-Man or Batman or this and that. But they're actually there excited to pick up their hold or excited to look in the new comic. Or when they walk in and they're excited, the comic book guy who works there shuts them down. They're like They walk in with a Batman shirt and they're like, oh, I want to read some Batman comics. I love them. Oh, really? Well, tell me what happened with Batman number 142 when he fought the Joker. And they're like, I don't know. I just saw the movie, but I want to know more. This is cool. Mm-hmm. And they get shot down. And then that same guy goes on Reddit the next night and bitches about the fact that they can't find a girlfriend who likes comics. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I've been lucky enough. I mean, I, I suffered from that that comic book nerd gatekeeping before, which is another reason why I part of, part of the reason why I started the show. I have been lucky enough. I feel like to find shops that are not like that. Um, but I, I do know they still exist, and that bums me the fuck out. Anyway, continue. No, and, and I I know that some shops are getting better than that. Yeah, but even the ones that are, I've been to some of those. And but again, the and whatever you want to say it is, you can say that the geek world, especially comics, is still very male dominated because it is. Because mm-hmm. even like the big popular ones like Poison Ivy and the ones that have our female like comics, mostly guys read them and mostly they want it because the, the chicks look hot. You know, we can we can go wherever we want with that. But for me, th- this felt like because yeah, it was light, it was fluff. I didn't get much out of it because again, I knew exactly what was going to happen the moment yeah. I started reading. But think about that little eight or ten year old girl who saw Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and she was like, because again, it's PG thirteen, but I, I think it's appropriate for you know kids of that age. Uh, mm-hmm. And walked out and she's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what is this? And her dad's a comic book guy and he's like, oh, it's Wonder Woman. She's a comic character and she's like, oh, you mean there are like little books about him? He's like, yeah, books with pictures. You've seen some of mine. She's like, oh my gosh, is there some cool ones I could read? And so he goes to the comic book store and if you go to the comic book store and you look at the kids section, a lot of times it's like Adventure Time or Sidious and Ferb or it's these things. But then this book's there and it's little girls who are superheroes or antiheroes as we kind of learn. And she's like, oh, that looks fun. Let me do it. It's like, it's a girl comic book. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, in a couple years, could she read some Wonder Woman comics and actually be like, oh, I get this. This is interesting. So for me, this was more like, hey, this is not really a book for teenagers or even like, you know, 12, 13 year olds. This is like a book for an eight or 10 year old because it's basic enough where they can get it. The themes aren't crazy. And yeah, it's the theme of friendship and we're all unique, but we're all the same and we all should be friends, which is basic. But she gets this book and she loves it. And then she goes back and she reads another book, another book, and another book. And then all of a sudden, five years later, she's 14 or, or 15. And now she's reading the Wonder Woman. Now she's like way into like X-Men and she's into all these cool things. And she has that pedigree of being a comic book fan. And she's grown up and she's matured with the book she's reading. And I, I, you know, I always say that, you know, we need diversity everywhere, but, and, and it's true, we do, but especially, especially with comic books, because it is such a very male dominated uh, field. And, you know, look at Gail Simone, maybe Gail Simone started out reading one of these books. And now look what she's doing. She's one of the most prolific writers in the comic book world. Yeah. And for me, I think that's a great thing. And then we can, we miss over the fact that Piper, she's, she's a Latina. She's a mm-hmm. little Latin girl. And so again, maybe some girl goes to see Wonder Woman. She's, she's Hispanic and she goes to the comic book shop. She's like, oh, it's a girl 
girls like me, I want to read this one. Mm-hmm. And it gets her into it. So, you know, we can look at it two ways as far as, and I've done this for movies, mm-hmm. where looking at this from my point of view, this is not for me. And if I'm going to grade it, I'm going to give it a lower grade because it's not as well done as I expect. It doesn't have the writing. It doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. And that's from my point of view because I know what I'm looking at and I mm-hmm. know how to critique it. I can also stand back and be like, but for the right person or the person who's looking to get into this and the person who wants to see that representation or wants to like start something, then it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's amazing. And you get the fun at the end of like, oh, Batman showed up because no matter who you are, you know who Batman is. I don't care if you're five years old or you're 105. You've heard of Batman. You know who he is. And mm-hmm. they just kind of be like, oh, oh, so this takes place where Batman is. Well, what else happens with Batman? Is there more? What's here? What's there? And I love seeing people like their faces light up when they, you know, either one in certain situations where you're teaching someone and they finally get it, like light bulb mm-hmm. comes on, or two where they're like excited about something and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh, this is just a, this is part of something else. Like, well, what else happens next? And I, I think that's what this book was trying to do. Like, I, I don't feel that it was there to to aim towards that teenage audience. I don't think it was. You know, we said young adult earlier, and I think I was kind of I should have I misspoke by saying it was young adult because it wasn't. It was pre young adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kid friendly. And I mean, mm-hmm. if I and like Brian, you said like, hey, this is a book my niece might like. I, I think that's perfectly it. And and maybe you know, Todd, you might be right as far as trying to future proof themselves as far as you know, quote unquote, hook them young kind of thing. Uh, right. But I think that could be a great thing. I mean, we've done this <clears throat> as we pointed out. We've done this podcast for almost two hundred episodes now. And I mean, you know, we have Lena here, and, and Lena is such an ass podcast because she brings a viewpoint that none of us see sometimes. But how many episodes did it take till she joined? Well, I mean, really, frankly, it had to be me talking shit about her for her to listen to the show, then to yeah. start reading the show, and yeah, you know. But you know, we we do this podcast, yeah, too, <laughs> which has a lot of cool stuff. And but you know, Lena as as a woman brings a viewpoint, and like Todd, when we've had Amy on, same mm-hmm. thing. She right. sees things differently than we do because again, just you're living out as a woman, living as you know, say a trans guy or a gay guy or a person of color, like when we had Maya on here, they're going to see things that we can't because we're not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't fall under that sexuality or gender or or uh, race. So for me, as much as like this book was really fluff for me, and I, I don't really care about it. You know, if for me as a, as a you know adult male reader, I, I don't care. But the whole time I was reading it, all I could think about was some little girl who, or a little boy, who knows, was so excited because they saw something on the TV, they saw a movie, or they heard something that got them like, I want to go read a comic book. And then they did. And then they started this like lifelong passion into something or maybe it's only like a five-year passion who knows mm-hmm. but it got them excited and yeah i think we need more of that i think we need more things to get people excited about whether it's just reading books in general i mean no you know the reading books is such like now it's like yeah there's people say like most when people graduate college they don't ever read a book again you know let alone mm-hmm. a comic book i want to see people excited and if this gets one person excited then you know what they they hit their goal and i i'm really happy for that and i, I do want people to read this. I, I want someone listening to this podcast to be like oh my my daughter like she she's you know what should i get her into and like i tried to give her one of these other ones but it was a bit too advanced for her give her this one she'll love it and i can Mm -hmm. guarantee you that as she gets through this and goes through more stuff that yeah she's gonna sit there and actually dad she's going to school you by the way in Mm -hmm. comics 10 years down the road when she's now read 25 times the amount you have so i I don't don't even think it's gonna take that long to be honest with most of the time with my experience with uh kids uh younger i mean just younger kids in general once they get passionate about something and they start really doing the research and learning about it they will surpass you way fucking faster than you possibly so anyway, so I, I think at the end of this, I'm going to give it two grades because I need to give it the grade for us and the grade for, for kids. But it just made me excited. It made me happy, not because yeah. of what I was experiencing, but it was the joy of what I think someone else is going to experience by, by reading them. Well, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I I had fun with it. My complaint was, I guess, that I think for that age group, that story has been told too many times. I felt like it was a cliche storyline for that specific target demographic. And I think that there are ex- examples of comics that tell something more unique.
unique and interesting, but also are able to go beyond just that one target demographic. The example I'm thinking of in my head is Gotham Academy, partially because it does also take place in um an art or in uh, in Gotham City and yeah. has Batman involved and whatever. It's still enjoyable as hell to read as an adult. Um, it's aimed at younger audiences and still has some interesting life lesson type stuff in it. And so I feel like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally poo poo on this as far as I knowing that I'm not the target demographic, but I think that there are maybe slightly better representations of something that can you know cross the aisle as as they may say to be sure. something that's that well. Sorry, what? Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you one bit. I I, yeah. I fully am on board with that because I you know I I like kids movies. I tell like you put any Pixar movie in the world and I will see it from a completely different viewpoint than you know the the, the five year old kid watching Toy Story. I see it completely differently because you know we we've had those experiences and we understand some of the broader views that the creators are trying to get across. So am I saying mm-hmm. this is a masterpiece? No, of course not. It's nowhere near that. I was just trying to look at it as you know yeah it's it's not one that has cross generational influence or appeal, but for that right person or that right group of people who are are very excited about, you know, hey, I want to go learn stuff. I want to get into this this hobby uh, or addiction as it ends up being <laughs> for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> they introduce your kids to comics and they won't have money for drugs. Well, sure. uh, no, I think I think it succeeds very well there. But yeah. again, as a, as a cross-generational or as a good quote-unquote book, it, it's not bad. So. Yeah. Well, then let's jump into grades, Adam. Uh, what are your adult grade and your uh, target audience or target demographic grade? So, so for my adult grade, I'm going to go with a C- minus mm-hmm. because again there's nothing really there for us at first two pages you know where it's going uh the, the art is nice don't get me wrong todd you hit that on the head it's fun it's bright mm-hmm. it's color uh, colorful uh and you know it, it is good seeing you know people of different races uh and especially female-led being represented uh for the right audience or like the right age group and everything else i would give it a b plus mm-hmm. because i really think it does a lot of fun things it does rehash a lot of themes that most kids in that age group already understand you know the power of friendship you know everyone's different but the same blah 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 but i do think that it's and i hate to use the term gateway drug because it's it kind of is but i think you know you get someone who could start a lifelong passion into something that we're obviously passionate about i mean we've mm-hmm. done 200 episodes almost of this of this silly thing mm-hmm. uh and i think that's a really really good thing but if you're over the age of 12 just it, it's not for you mm-hmm. and that's why i 100 agree with what todd said there are better books out there that will bridge that gap between generations but for the right person this is this is great this is a way to get you get you hooked though uh cool mr todd what's your what's your grade you know i didn't give it a c Okay. Taking a look at it again. Again, the art was consistent and it very much kept with the style. The writing was perfunctory at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that's about what I have to say about that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to go with a B on both accounts for both young adults and for adults. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. The other thing that I think is interesting to notate, now we didn't really talk about it, but I don't also think it's that big of a thing, is it was kind of nice to see a um, diverse uh, family layout. Uh, you know what I mean? Like normally it's like mom and dad or whatever. Like, it was nice for the girl to live with her grandmother and to have her uncle be involved and in a positive way. Um, you know, the one, uh, the other girl, her, yeah, her grandfather was an asshole, but her, you know, mom was a single mother working hard and doing the best she could. And like, it, it was just nice to see a little bit of diversity even in, in the family dynamics as well, um, which I also appreciated. But yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was fun. I liked it. Um, I just, putting my headspace in someone in that target demographic, it was a story that I'd heard a lot. You know what I mean? Of like the, hey, you know, look at how other people, I, and maybe it's just the fact because I went into theater, things that teach empathy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because, you know, my job is basically to be empathetic for characters who are good and or bad that we can tell their story. So. Now, I will say, like, the moment of the book where I was like, really? What the fuck are you doing? Was it the very end when they're going to, like, the Triwizard Tournament and the maze and shit like that? And mm. then the mobs turned in the bear, used the little device, and merged with the bear? I was like, yeah. really? Like, even at that point, I was like, hey, that's that's stupid as fuck. But <laughs> I was more of like, how many fucking kids could go on this scholarship if they just didn't build the fucking maze? Like, really? And it's Wayne, Wayne who's paying for it. It's not like he can't afford it. 
why the fuck? I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I did this gig for a client, I shall say. Um, and we ended up doing this multi-million dollar awards show to give away, like, three, maybe it was four, five hundred dollar scholarship. And it's like, if you just didn't do the fucking show, you could have given everybody who applied a scholarship. Like, you just could have done it. But yeah. you did the fucking show. Like, I don't know. I've always found that odd and strange, which is why I don't run scholarship programs. But that's well, and, and you see the same thing, too, with, like, with different charities. And, like, I'm not going to name any specific ones. Yeah. I think a lot of charities do a lot of good stuff. But I'm sorry. If you're donating money to a charity and the CEO who runs the 501c3 is making a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. you should probably rethink the charity you're giving money to because, yes, they can do a lot of good things. It's almost like it's like mega churches. Like, if, yeah. if, if you're in a religion where the pastor of your church has a $2 million home, we kind of forgot about the thing Jesus said about rich people in the eye of a needle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anybody else have anything I want to add? I think it's funny that I gave the my, my actual grade for adults is a lower grade than Todd gave it. I know. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I guess that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week, episode 200. Bum, bum, bum. We are doing uh, Scarlet, which hopefully by the time it comes out, will be distance enough from January 6th to not feel completely awkward and unappro- inappropriate because when we I saw that on the list and January 6th happened of the storming the Capitol, I thought, oh, this is going to get fucking awkward and a little too real. So uh, as of right now, we're recording this on Inauguration Day and at 6 o'clock California time, things are sort of normal, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So hopefully the world is not a fire. It's a very, simple, very boring day. Which is great. I think so, that's exactly what we yeah. all wanted. Um, yeah, then I guess that'll do it for this week. Uh, join us next week for Scarlet. Thanks for joining us and we will see you all later. Bye! Bye. Not the sandwiches, two people. I you know, it's not. No. I know. You I don't know. even try, Brian. That's not my gig, man. My gig is to say, like, see y'all later, and then you guys do the harmony. Like, that's not, my gig is not to harmonize. You I'm still not still having the top recording button. Oh, I know I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this on here so that you, everyone can know that you tried to call me out on my not singing. But, like, that is not my gig. I am staying in my lane, man. Staying in I your didn't lane. Think, I didn't think we were singing as much as harmonizing. Sure. Big singing. Big singing, yes. I mean, well, I we're sing. pulling, like, a Rex Harrison. I mean, really, if you so. get into a like, almost all the crooners were like that. You know what I mean? So, anyway, okay, I'll press the stop button now. So okay. Good. Do you know where it is? Yes, it's right here.